Let's welcome them all up, the baptism candidates tonight. Probably come across like there. Keep going, keep going. Right to the very end, right to the very end. Keep going that way a little bit more. One, two, three, four. I've forgotten my microphone, I need to have a handheld. So we're tonight baptizing these 21 people, people who've come to a point in their life when they've decided they're gonna follow Jesus. Some of them very recently, some, thank you Ben, uh, some time ago. And um, we'll be hearing some of their stories tonight, which I'm really looking forward to. But I wanted you to meet them all, so I've asked them to introduce themselves. So we'll start down this end, if you'd like to pass the microphone down, thank you. Hello, my name is Ewan, and I've been following Jesus for seven years. Hiya, my name is Zach, and I've been following Jesus for five months now. Hi, my name's Ricky, I've been following Jesus for seven weeks now. Hello, my name's Pierce, I've been following Jesus for four months. Hello, my name's Damien. I've been following Jesus for three weeks. <laughs> Hello, my name is Curtis, and I've been following Jesus for three years. Uh, my name's Josh. I've been following Jesus for a year. <laughs> Hi, my name is Holy. I've been following Jesus since I was 12. Hi, my name is Josh, and I've been following Jesus for 17 years. I'm Elle, I've been following Jesus for seven years. Hi, my name's Les, I've been following Jesus for five and a half years. My name's Kevin, I've been following Jesus for five years. Hi, my name's Alex, I've been following him for 51 years. Hi, my name is Sonari, I've been following Jesus for nearly two years. Hi, my name's Ella, I've been following Jesus for about five months now. I'm Jacob, I've been following Jesus for 18 years. My name is Iman, I've followed Jesus for one year. Hi, my name's Tom, I've been following Jesus for one and a half years. So before we hear from some of them, I'm going to ask them a question, and then together as a church, we're going to make a promise to them. So here's the question. Do you... Turn away from the sins that separate you from God and those around you. And do you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? I do. Representing the church, it should come up on the screen. This is our promise to you. Today we are celebrating, let's read it together. We are celebrating that God has added you to his family. He has chosen you to be his own, and we want to uphold you as you grow as a disciple of Jesus Christ. We will be an example to you, care for you, and help you take your place within the life of his church as you worship and serve him. Let's applaud them as they leave the stage. Thank you. 
So clearly not all of them could speak tonight as time is limited, but a few of them are going to tell their own story. And then I'll take a few minutes just to explain what baptism means, and then we'll hear from a few more. So first of all, would you please welcome Josh. Yeah, so I grew up going to church, but as I got older, some issues caused me to feel very hurt and to find it difficult to trust people. I carried on attending church, but at the same time, I began to live a different life, going out drinking and doing stuff to seek attention. When I came to uni, I was ready for independence and to break free from the stuff back at home. I didn't come looking for a church because I decided Christians were basically nerdy and not people I wanted to relate to. I knew someone here at Trent, though, and because my dad suggested coming along, I did, but only as a tick box exercise. On that first visit, I remember being shocked by the number of people who chatted to me and made me feel so welcome, and so I decided to keep on coming. Then I got invited to a student small group and found a group of people my own age who didn't seem that nerdy after all. <laughs> I still live in a double life, though, one on a Sunday and another for the rest of the week. Sometimes I was even too ashamed to admit to my friends I went to church and would often lie about where I was going. Then I had a bad drunken night out, which was like a wake-up call. Soon after, I attended a young adult conference here, which I looked back on was a make-or-break for me. During the conference, my friend Ed prayed for me, and I encountered the Holy Spirit. Tears streamed down my face, even though I didn't realize I was crying. In that moment, I said, Jesus, I want to turn away from my sin, and I want to live a life for you. All the heavy burdens I was carrying, I gave them to Jesus, and I felt an amazing lightness and peace fill my body. That night, so much changed. Things that I'd been struggling with for years just stopped immediately. I was no longer ashamed of my faith, but started sharing it instead. I've continued to have my ups and downs, but I know Jesus is with me, and my relationship with him is, going, is growing stronger. I'm so thankful for my mates who are over there for the first time at Trent, and throughout uni, and the love that I felt from the community at Trent. And my transformation is going deeper through doing Zoe, a year-long discipleship program with a great group of friends and leaders. It's taken me a while to commit to getting baptised, but I've realised that while I'm never going to be perfect, I'm choosing Jesus every day, and that's what matters. Would you please welcome Ewan? I believed in Jesus ever since I was little, but back then, it wasn't what I'd call a relationship with God. My first real encounter with God was at Trent's Kids. We had a special service led by Debbie for us to get closer to God. Debbie invited us to stand if we wanted to welcome the Holy Spirit. Me and my best friend decided to stand up, and I started to feel a pulsing energy going through my hands. I felt so light, like I was floating on air. Then we were invited to pray for each other in small groups. I had a pain in my knee from an injury, which was causing me to limp. I couldn't put my foot down on the floor properly. Debbie said, I feel like someone has a pain in their knee. Immediately the pain left. I gently placed my foot down on the floor and then slowly put all my weight on it, no pain. Then I tried to hop on it. It felt great, like a brand new knee. For me, it was no longer a question of, what if I could have a relationship with God? It's that I could have a relationship with God. I just had to see he was already there. 
A few months later, I became curious about the gift of tongues, which is like a new language God gave us to speak with him. I asked my mum to pray for me, and I was suddenly able to say words I'd never heard before. I felt so alive, and I was skipping down the road from church because I was filled with so much happiness. Having Jesus in my life has been like having a counsellor with me at all times, someone who provides guidance and a sense of protection. His presence is like a blanket being wrapped around me, helping me feel so secure. I want to be baptised because this feels like the next step in my journey in following Jesus' footsteps. So in a few minutes' time, those who are being baptised will be gathering by these ponds here. And then one at a time, they'll step in fully clothed. There'll be a couple of pastors in each, outside of each pond, and they'll lay them down under the water. And then before long, they'll bring them back up and they'll briefly pray for them. They'll baptize them. And uh, you might say, well, why would you do that? It's a pretty strange thing to do, a pretty unusual thing in today's society. There has to be a good reason, and there is. The reason is that Jesus commanded his followers to share their faith with others, And as people made the decision to commit their lives to following him, to baptize them. So let me take a few minutes to just explain what baptism is. It's a symbol. It's a symbol of something which has happened to these 21 people. They've committed their lives to Jesus Christ and become Christians. Now, they've already made that commitment, some very recently, some a while ago. Now, when a baby is born, physically born, there's a brand new life, and that baby is as born as it will ever be, but there's still something to be done in recognition of its birth. The government require it to be registered and a birth certificate to be issued, and it then becomes recognized as a full member of society. Now, the symbol of a birth certificate is simply a recognition of something that has already happened. An individual has been born. Baptism is a symbol that means someone has been born again. Not just physically at their birth, but now spiritually they've come alive through committing their life to Jesus. Now these ponds that we're using, they're actually birthing pools, pools designed for people to give birth in, for babies to be born physically. And so it's a very fitting symbol of being born spiritually too. So what does baptism mean? What does this symbol signify? Well, really three things. The first is this, being washed clean of what separates us from relationship with God. Peter, one of the early Christians 2,000 years ago, he was speaking to a huge crowd and he said this to them, repent and be baptized. Repent simply is a word which means turn around. Turn around in your thinking, turn around in the direction that your life is heading. Repent and Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Ananias said to the Apostle Paul, as he came to faith in Jesus, get up, be baptized, and wash your sins away, calling on his name. Now, one meaning of the Greek word for baptism is to wash. When you get in a bath, you come out clean. Baptism symbolizes being washed clean on the inside. It's an outward sign of the forgiveness of what the Bible calls our sins. 
Now, sin is basically doing things which are offensive to our perfectly holy God. And some people are more aware than others that you know, they've done things which are wrong. They've done things about which they might be ashamed, but some people may not be. But the Bible tells us all have sinned. All have sinned. And the result of sin is eternal separation from God, from relationship with God. Sin separates us. It also weighs us down. Now, if I take this brick to represent our sin, this is a Victorian house brick, very heavy. If I took this hand to represent you or me and these lights to represent God, here's the thing. We were born and created to have relationship with our Heavenly Father. But what's got in the way is our sin. And so you'll see my hand is in shade down here. That's us. Jesus Christ with an eternally unbroken relationship with God the Father, imperfect relationship, unbroken by sin. And Isaiah, he was what they call a prophet, somebody who spoke words that, that were from God. 700 years or so before Jesus, he prophesied about what would happen to him on the, cro- on the cross. As to quote Isaiah, he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. He was crushed under the weight of our sin, the sin of the world. And the message translation of Isaiah 53 verse six says this. We've all like sheep, we're all like sheep who've wandered off and got lost. We've all done our own thing, gone our own way. That's a pretty accurate description, isn't it, of most of us. We've done our own thing, gone our own way. And God, it says, has piled all our sins, everything we've done wrong on him on him now where does that leave us if we put our trust in Jesus Christ if we believe this to be the reality on the cross where does it leave us with a potentially eternally unbroken relationship into the future with God our heavenly father where did it leave Jesus on the cross crushed under the weight of his sin my God why have you forsaken me he was just going through incredible suffering as his relationship with his father was broken for that time Baptism illustrates also a dying. It's a dying to our old way of life. It's the beginning of a new kind of life. Just as Jesus died on the cross and he was raised to his resurrected life. In the little book called Changing Lives, in fact, we've got the, not in this one, we've done a number of these over the years, published these from people's stories in the life of the church. Nicola was talking about the opportunity to commit her life to Jesus, and she said this, I had never felt so sure about anything in my life. I wanted forgiveness, and I wanted to be a new person. The Bible likens baptism to an end of our old life and the beginning of a new one. It's a life of becoming more and more like Jesus. It's a life of dying to turning our own way, dying to sin dying to our old self, what we used to be like, our old self-determined habits and lifestyle, and beginning a new life, not in our own strength, but actually in the power of the Holy Spirit. In Matthew chapter 3, John the Baptist said this, I'm baptizing you here in this river, turning your old life in for a kingdom life. And the Bible tells us that if anyone is in Christ, 
The new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. Now that is not to say that Christians are perfect or the point they decide to commit their life to Jesus, they suddenly are transformed in a moment into like perfect human beings. No, no, absolutely not. There is a process of becoming more and more like Jesus. But hopefully every Christian has the humility to be able to say, no, I'm still a broken person. I still do stuff I'm ashamed of and everything else. But I'm changing by the power of the Holy Spirit to become the person that God created me to be. And if you know any Christians, if you're here as a guest and perhaps you're here with one of the baptism candidates, our hope is that you will have seen a change in their life from the point that they began a relationship with Jesus. So it symbolizes being washed clean from our past, dying to our old way of life and beginning a new kind of life, and lastly, baptism illustrates becoming part of the people of God, his church, the family of God. The church began 2,000 years ago in the Middle East, and back then, well, the weather was more conducive, and indeed, the rivers were cleaner than our local river here, and so they would baptize them in the river, and the church would stand on one side of the river, and uh, then the baptism candidates, people being baptized, would get into the river one at a time, and there'd be some church leaders in there, and they would baptize them. And so the candidates on one side, they're being baptized in the middle. And as they came out, they came out to the open arms and the embrace and warm towels and, you know, being fully part of the church, of the people of God. So we're going to hear from a few more of them now. But just to say, if you're interested in finding out more about the Christian faith, then these were waved at you earlier. Why Jesus and changing lives. They're on the exits just as you go Uh, free of charge, of course, and just pick them up if you'd like to. And of course, you'd be very welcome to come back here. We do three services every Sunday uh, where the talks explain what the Bible says about living the way God designed us to live. And you can find the times of the services, if you'd like to, on our website. And would you please welcome Elle. So I grew up in a non-Christian family um, where my background was very centered around academic achievements. Always looking to achieve more, strive higher, and that led me to constantly feel like I wasn't good enough just as I was. I tried to find fulfillment and self-worth in various ways, whether it was through academic success, competing in sports, my physical appearance, or the numbers on a scale. But none of it worked, and it left me, fe- left me with no concept of self-worth and feeling unworthy of love just as I was. One summer, I went camping with a friend to a Christian festival called New Wine, which I had no idea what it was, to be fair. For the first time, I saw people worshipping God who had this sense of belonging and purpose for their lives, and I felt curiosity building. I had never considered the possibility that I could understand who God was or potentially know him deeply myself. I can't pinpoint the exact moment, But as I continued to spend time with people who loved Jesus and modeled what he was like, I gradually fell in love with Jesus too, while simultaneously learning to love myself. Through deciding to follow Jesus, I've discovered that my value and worth are found through my identity in Christ, not from my achievements, my physical appearance, or anything else. I now know I have a loving Heavenly Father from whom I don't have anything to prove to earn his love. Whatever challenges I'm facing, I'm not alone, and I don't need to do life on my own strength anymore. In 2019, I received a prophetic word from a stranger at New Wine about me finding a vineyard that would bring growth to my life. 
At the time, didn't realise Vineyard was a church at all, but it led me here to Trent, where I found a community of incredible people whose hearts are on fire for Jesus. The friends I've made here constantly point me towards Jesus and help me silence the lies with truth that sets me free. There are still days where I misplace my worth and I struggle to silence the lies with the truth I know in my heart, but I ultimately know that my worth in Christ is unwavering despite what's going on in my life. I can't wait to journey the rest of my life knowing wholeheartedly there is nothing that can separate me from God's love. Would you please welcome Iman, who will come up with Ben. So this is Iman, um, and he's from Iran, and I'll read, read his story. I was born in 1996 to a Muslim family who were very religious with strong Muslim beliefs. As I grew up and started to think more about the relationship between God and people, I realized that my ideas were different from the Islamic traditions I'd been brought up with. I asked lots of people for help, but I was still left with many questions. Even praying in my own language, Farsi, caused problems because others thought I should only be allowed to pray in Arabic. Things like this caused me to become more unsatisfied with the religion of Islam and distant from God altogether. I felt an emptiness within me. I was unhappy with my life. When I came to England, I got to know some Iranian friends who went to Trent Vineyard Church. I noticed they had a peace and a confidence about them. When they saw I had no peace within me, they invited me to come with them and get to know Jesus. Through meeting them and coming to Trent Vineyard, I found the true God, the God who is full of love and who loves me just as I am. I realized in my heart that it was really Jesus who had invited me through my friends. Before I got to know Jesus, I was always thinking, why can't I connect with God? Why is he so far away? But now I have a good relationship with him. I talk to him easily, even in my own language. Jesus has given me the peace that I long for, and I'm so happy to have been found by God. I know that I'm not alone because he is always going to be with me. <laughs> and lastly, would you please welcome Jacob? I'm Jacob and I'm 18 years old. I was brought up coming to Trent Vineyard. I remember giving my life to Jesus when I was really young. We were having lunch as a family and talking about what we'd learned in Trent Kids that morning. And it was about giving your life to Jesus. Right there and then, I dived under the dining table to ask Jesus, Jesus into my heart. Don't know why I chose to go under the dining table, but I did. Um, I then went on to Trent Youth and the DTR Youth Festival, which helped me grow my faith massively. I wouldn't say I faced many real challenges until about four years ago when I got diagnosed with alopecia, which is pretty complicated, but basically means I lose a lot of hair on my head. As the situation became worse, I decided to shave my head completely and wear a cap all the time because I felt so self-conscious. It's been hard not knowing if or when my hair will grow back, but what I do know is I trust in a God who knows it all and will take care of me and protect me, even when I can't control the outcome. Suffering can cause people to question their faith, but I found my relationship with God has got stronger because of my alopecia. I worship on my own more, I trust in God's plan more, and I pray for healing more than I ever did before. God has helped me look at the positives rather than the negatives. Being part of the Trent Youth community has also been a massive help. My small group support me through it all. I massively appreciate you guys. 
I remember getting a prophetic word from a leader during one of the lockdowns. They said there was a situation in my life where I'd been growing frustrated and I was trying lots of different solutions to try and fix it. They said that I shouldn't worry as God will provide a solution soon and that he knows what I'm going through. It was massively relevant to my struggle with alopecia. Then a few months later out of the blue, we found a new hair clinic where I was able to have a very positive treatment literally the same afternoon I started university. It was another reminder that God has a perfect plan with a perfect timing. Through my journey, I've discovered an inner peace through the Holy Spirit, and I now, that, now know that my identity is in Jesus above anything else. I'm now at university in Birmingham and go to a great church there, but I want to get baptised here because of everything God has done, done for me through Trent. Thank you, Thank you.